0: The Renewal of Annapolis. And so we've been on that pilgrimage and so we want to begin to share just a sampling of that and celebrate it this morning through testimonies and through song and uh, through opportunities uh, for uh, you to hear what the Lord is doing, has done in the life of your brothers and sisters here at EP and in our community. And so to that end, let's pray and ask the Lord to bless this special time in the life of our church. Father, we, we come together because of Your name and Your name alone. We're not here for the glory of EP, the glory of its pastor, or even the glory of Your people. We're here for Your glory because You matter most. And because You matter, we matter because You want Your glory spread in our hearts. And so we ask that as the testimonies are given, as the uh, summaries of what we've been going through, and the singing of the celebration of that, I pray, Heavenly Father, that You're honored. I pray that You receive the praises of Your people, and that it would be sweet uh, to Your ears. May it be a, uh, a banquet of the praises of Your people. And We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
1: King would welcome me On my own I'm a sheep gone astray A rebel A fool Blind and broken Defiant Hurting others And being hurt Separated from God Deserving his wrath A sinner Why am I free to confess these things Why not instead ignore the problem Adjust the record Blame others, or just give in to despair. Because Jesus set me free. While I was a slave to sin, he died for me. I cried out and he rescued me. I say with Paul that Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Who can say this with me today, church? Jesus was rich, but for our sake he became poor, so that by his poverty we might become rich. His Father sent him to rescue us from the domain of darkness and transfer us into his kingdom, not because of our works, but according to God's mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of his Holy Spirit. I rehearse this before you now because I need to hear it. I have a poor memory, and I so often forget who I am. I need to be reminded again and again and again that Jesus says who I am. Who the Son sets free, oh is free indeed. He gives me my identity. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. This is what gospel identity means. It means we are centered on the rescue of Jesus who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And we have been called to join him as co-heirs, to pick up our identities as beloved children, ambassadors, reconcilers, storytellers of this gospel of grace. Therefore, when we say our identities are gospel-centered, what we mean is that we are the rescue of Christ-centered been saved from our plight centered, regained our sight centered, dressed in robes of white centered, it's daytime no longer night centered, we've won the fight centered, resting in God's might centered, we will enter the kingdom of light centered. Amen, and praise God. Watch with me now these stories of our siblings in Christ
2: i'm a part of a renew group it's a group of all women it's a small group and we meet on sunday afternoon right after church so we come to the service everything's you know fresh in our minds and you know then we talk about what we've learned in in the service Uh, we meet on wednesday nights um it's with uh, linda
3: and john bruins and uh, they're in davidsonville the best part about it is that it's kind of being in the living room and having Jesus there with us. So it's kind of a very intimate setting, and you know Jesus is invited, and he shows up, so it's
4: really cool.
5: It's been wonderful. We've got um, people that I have sat around for years in worship, but never have really known them, and uh, at least to the level that we are uncovering. And I feel like I've had these treasures uh, to discover, and there's some beautiful people.
2: The things that I have enjoyed, I think the the parts of it I've enjoyed most, like just the the, the one just on forgiveness, was huge for me. Um, and kind of being in you know the group with these other women that um, a lot of us had some issues with forgiveness, and you know just being able to, you know look at the Bible, what does the Bible say about it, and um, that, that was a huge thing for me, you know, learning to forgive.
3: My experience is that when you step a little bit out of your comfort zone, you get to see Jesus, because he gets to step in, and so I would say just take the plunge. I know it's a little scary, but every time I've uh, stepped beyond my comfort zone, uh, I really see
2: Jesus, and uh, that's the blessing, really because you get to see him and not you. So. I, I know one big thing, too, that it has helped me with is learning to be more transparent with people. Um, and, you know, so I'm able to, you know, show love to other people and show Christ through my actions.
5: I think of um, people that are in broken relationships that now I can have a greater hope I know that Christ has the power to heal I know that Um, but to see people who have experienced it after a long long trial of endurance and they on the other side of that can speak to not just Christ's deliverance but the fruit of it and so it just brings peace and say okay our God is in control he does know what he's doing and everyone's story is unique so being able to rest he will finish the work so I think that's become brighter and brighter for me
6: yeah
1: friends would you pray with me our father and our God Thank you that you are with us and that you purpose to save us through your son, Jesus. Thank you that you are faithful and just and have the power to heal, that you have forgiven us our sins and cleansed us from all unrighteousness. Thank you that we may forgive one another as we have been forgiven. Thank you that you are in control, that you know what you are doing, and that you will finish your work. For these reasons and innumerable more, we bow our knees before you and we pray that out of your glorious riches you may strengthen us with power through your spirit and our inner beings so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. We pray that we, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled with with all of your fullness, Lord. Now to you, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to your power that is at work within us, to you be the glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
7: 1 Timothy 1.12, I know whom I have believed and that he is able to do that which I have committed unto him until that day. Uh, The second part of our uh, Renew series, Gospel Growth, made us really look at our sin and propelled us to wrestle with it. And even as hard as that is sometimes, it was a huge encouragement to do it. Because even though our sin is glaring, Gospel Growth also gently and lovingly reminded us of the Holy Spirit. That He, the Spirit, dwells in us and works in spite of us. Gospel growth showed me how much I have to learn and how though I still fall short every day, I actually have made progress over the many years of being a Christian. Um, And that was an encouragement, and that's something that we need to hear as we move forward through this journey of of our lives. Um, The Holy Spirit has made His dwelling in each and every one of us. And even though I might ignore Him or push Him aside sometimes, he perseveres in us. He perseveres in me, and ensures me that in spite of me, I'm moving toward Him in grace and sanctification, and and in growth.
8: So, those anyone who has met me uh, for more than ninety seconds knows that I knows that I like to talk a lot. So it's no surprise that the the discussion-oriented nature of our Renew small group was an encouragement to me and something that I enjoyed. But it wasn't just about uh, the discussion. Uh, it was, it, there's other things that I've learned as being part of that small group. One, it's, it's, it's made me better at listening because it's not just about what I want to say, it's listening to my brothers and sisters in that small group every Tuesday night and hearing what's on their hearts and hearing them talk about how the scriptures have impacted their lives. And that same listening skill that I'm learning is something that I desperately need as we reach out to those around us, especially to the lost, as we listen first before we speak. Second, I've looked at, uh, it's, it's, it's about the prayer. Every Tuesday night we end in prayer, and that prayer time is a time for us to share our hearts with each other. And to to hear uh, people lifting the burdens off of their hearts and up uh, to the Lord our God. And to share in that prayer with them. And then finally, of course, it's not just talking about our feelings, our discussions, what we think. It's about what the Lord is teaching us. And so there's content, and it takes us to the scriptures. Uh, And that's a discipline that I sorely need, that focus on... Not just what I think, but what God thinks, what God's trying to tell me uh, and those of us in our group through the scriptures. So those, those disciplines and that structure has certainly been helpful to me. But it's also the content. If there's one thing that I take away from the Gospel Growth Series, it's, uh, it's that, that concept, if you remember, uh, because Bruce uh, taught us from the pulpit as well as, in our small groups, that diagram of the cross—the cross that gets bigger—and the more that we learn about our own sinfulness, we realize just how far, fall, how far, how far short we fall from our Lord. And just the more we learn about Him, just how great and holy He is. So that gap just gets bigger and bigger, and you're like, well, how is that encouraging? Because there's that cross that bridges that gap between us. And as we realize how far we are from God and how far he is from us because of his perfection, we see just how big that cross gets. And so every day, every week, every Tuesday night after Tuesday night, that cross got bigger. Uh, It got bigger for me, and I hope it got bigger for you. So let us hear uh, what some others uh, have experienced through Renew uh, this past nine months.
9: We meet Wednesday night with high school students and leaders, we've been averaging lately about 30 high school students and leaders every Wednesday night for uh, Renew. It's been a beautiful time. Um, About five campuses are mixing on a Wednesday night. And uh, the level of transparency and sharing and love for one another has been very very motivating I would say one of my favorite things is just to see God moving and this last six months in particular I see I can see very easily the movement of God I think one of the cool things is is, oh like we have we can have kids that are at the Christian academies a lot of theology a lot of training they're getting challenged because the questions in the renewed curriculum are the best questions I've ever seen and do it in student ministry since '89. Yeah, I'm old, so they're they're deep and they're thought-provoking questions, and there's something for the for the child that's been raised in the church that's deep in the faith, but then we have a kid that just prayed to receive Christ with, through the Young Life partnership in in November, so it really provides a great foundation for wherever the people are in their faith to explore things of the kingdom in a way that's comfortable and natural that they can go deeper on their own as well.
5: So,
2: yeah. One of the greatest gifts of Renew was that kids from outside the church came in um, right around October. And we just saw the Lord use the study to grow them deeper in their faith um, um, more than any of our expectations could have been. Um, It was such a great tool to disciple brand new believers. Some um, girls who had only known the Lord for about a month um, were able to go deep in the Word, deep in their faith, and understand the basics of, of uh, loving Jesus through this study. And it was, it was awesome.
10: I love the Renewed Bible study because of the deep discussion, and it helped me grow closer with my relationship with the Lord.
3: Being a part of this church and having a church family walking alongside life with me has really changed me as a person, knowing that God is greater than I am, that His love is so eternal.
5: In this Bible study, I've just
6: seen uh, God's joy exuded from the fellowship and just from all the different uh,
5: brothers and sisters in Christ uh, to me and to each other, and it's just been a phenomenally encouraging and uh, uplifting experience.
10: I've been going here for a couple months now, and slowly but surely, I've found that this church is my church. Um, I feel so welcome here, and like this is my family, um, and these studies have really shown me who Jesus is, and Um, I've grown
8: my faith a lot through this church. Brothers and sisters in Christ, will you pray with me? Father in heaven, uh, these past several months you have brought us together in a special way. You've often told us in your scriptures how the how the church is, is like a family. And, Father, we have experienced that, uh, again, as brothers and sisters in the family of Christ. Father, as we have learned and we've shared and we've uh, talked and discussed and prayed and even cried uh, together, you've brought us together in a very special way. But you've also show, shown us how far we have to go. You've taught us of our sinfulness, but you've taught us of a, about a grace that is bigger than anything that we can imagine. And it's that grace that we enjoy, that we celebrate, that allows us to smile and to sing and to laugh, even knowing uh, of our shortcomings. And it's also, Lord, we would pray that it's that same grace that would overflow out of our lives and into the lives of others as we reach out with a passion and with a heart for the lost that are around us, around the world, around our state, around our community, uh, and especially the lost here in Annapolis uh, that we live next door to. Father, give us a heart for others. Give us a heart for each other. Allow us to enjoy uh, this time together. Uh, And again, Lord, we ask you to send us out uh, and make us strong and make us effective and help us to reflect your love and your light to others. For it's in the name of your Son that we pray. Amen.
10: Gospel Love was the third book in our Renew series, which focused on our love for others by practicing the teachings of Jesus. To me, this was the most significant of the three studies and tied them together with the practical application of how to interact daily with fellow believers and others. At the heart of this is love. Jesus' love exposes our brokenness in a gentle way so that we learn to own it, deal with it, and forget it. We are then free to move on and fully love others. We learn to be honest with God about our true selves and selfish desires. We confess, we repent, and we are forgiven. This forgiveness heals us emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, and physically. This healing through love results in an inner strength and confidence that moves from being personal to communal. We now feel compelled to share the joy we feel with this newfound freedom and the help of the Holy Spirit. We also now see brokenness as a condition on the inside first before we see it as a social condition and one that negatively affects our relationships with others. God's love works on the inside and then he uses us to bring that healing to the outside world. Gospel love, then, is the evidence of our faith expressing itself in love for others. I've been so blessed by my Renew group, which at first I was very nervous to host. I vainly worried about the unfinished first floor bathroom, the weeds on the front walk, the walls that needed to be painted, but most of all, I selfishly worried about what a weekly commitment would demand of me. Our our culture says, take care of yourself, and it's okay to say no. But Jesus tells us, don't worry, I'll take care of you, and it's good to say yes. I will help you through your insecurity. As a result of saying yes to hosting, I was so blessed by my group. I was blessed with new friendships, with weekly fellowship, and with fellow prayer warriors. I shared this with Cheryl, who asked if I might want to speak today. Not thinking she was really serious, again, I said yes. She was serious. And (laughs) I felt overwhelmed, but God gave me the words. He is faithful and he can't help but use broken, insecure people like me because that's all he's got to work with. Gospel love helps us answer his call to serve others.
4: Yeah, hey, that's great.
10: So when I say the better half...
4: <laughs> Stacey and I have had a journey. We've known each other since we were in third grade, a very long time. <laughs> and uh, do you remember the first time I saw you in the country? We went to elementary school together. Then I went went away to an all-boys school for uh, middle school. And then I came back to public school in ninth grade, and everybody changed for the good. And I remember shortly in that first week, uh, I saw Stacy. I remember exactly where we are, going up the back stairs of North Campus by the smoking wall. And I remember seeing her for the first time and going, wow, she changed. One of our favorite uh, singers is a a musician called Van Morrison, and he's got a song, uh, and one of the lines in the song is, uh, when you walk across the room, you make my heart go boom, boom, boom. (laughs) And that's exactly what I experienced when I saw her in ninth grade. My heart went boom, boom, boom. My heart was going boom, boom, boom all over the place that day, but uh, I remember specifically seeing her. But, you know, the culture teaches us that that's love, that it's a feeling, and that... um, the strength of uh, a relationship is found in that sense of boom, boom, boom. And as long as boom, boom, boom is going on, the relationship's good. But we all know that the challenges of life uh, go much deeper than boom, boom, boom. And when the crucible of suffering or accountability or anything difficult comes into our lives, all of a sudden we find boom, boom, boom is not good enough. I was really struck by the story of Genesis. I've always loved the story where God looks at Adam and he recognizes that he's alone says he saw Adam, and he saw that he was alone, and he saw that that was not good. And so what does God do? God makes for him Eve. And when Adam sees Eve, his heart goes boom, boom, boom. But the Bible also teaches us that love is something that has to be taught and learned and experienced. And we know that because when trouble came along, when the deceiver came along, he tempted them. And and their ability to show their love for God was not strong enough. It was just based on the good feelings of their surroundings and of one another. But when they were really tested, they failed. It's amazing to me that God created Adam to begin with, who we could call trouble. And then when he saw that trouble was alone, he created double trouble. (laughs) And by bringing them into the world, he created trouble for himself. Those of us that are parents, we get that. But we're also told in the Bible that this is love. That not that we love God, but that God loved us. And God sent his son into the world, not just so that we could hang out and experience something good, another boom, boom, boom feeling, but God sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. That we might no longer be called trouble, stupid, dumb, slow, awkward, all kinds of things that are hurtful and painful and do not demonstrate the kind of love that God intended when he created Adam and Eve. In our Renewed group, we really learned to embrace that kind of love. We've learned about who we are in Christ. We've learned about the importance of maturing by going deeper into the word and into community. And then we're learning about love and being challenged to go out into the world and to give to others. EP Church is at that place right now. We have a great heritage of service, deep understandings of Scripture. And I think the beauty of this Renew uh, movement, this moment, is a challenge for us now to go out and to embrace Annapolis. What that looks like, I don't know. But for those of us that are at boom, 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 we're with you. And for those of us that sometimes we get a little tired, we're going to need your boom, boom, boom to go out into the world. But whatever we do, we know that Christ is going before us and that challenge is going to be exciting. And I'm just so excited, along with Stace and our new group, for what's coming up the next five to ten years as we grow in this gospel love. I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to pray for the offering. No, that's it. I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to pray for. No, there's some testimonies? Oh, my goodness, I wouldn't have said what I said if I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> around
10: the bulletin. Okay?
4: Yeah. Here's some testimonies.
3: Actually, uh, I was the reluctant person. Uh, My husband had been through the pilot course, and he said, you are going to love this. And we were going through a little bit of tribulation at home. And I said, no way. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to be vulnerable, and I don't want people to see my sadness. I'm not going to do it. So then, God has a nice sense of humor. I guess my favorite color in the world is orange. And then I began to see all these little orange shirts running around the church. You know, in case anybody thought that wasn't profitable, it certainly spoke to me. So here are the little orange shirts running around the church with smiles on their faces and so enthusiastic and inviting us to join. And about a week out from starting the sessions, it occurred to me, the Lord said, Ruth, um, the whole church is going to be renewed, and you are not. What are you going to do about that? So I said, well, I think I better sign up. <laughs> so that's what I did. I signed up, and I joined. And for prob- uh, the very first meeting, there must have been, oh my goodness, there must have been about 18 of us, I would think, in, in a one of our friends' living rooms. And uh, I was one of the last persons to... Uh, to uh, introduce myself, and I said very, very honestly, I'm Ruth McClain, and I'm a mess. And that was true. That was true. Um, our hearts were broken and sad and grieved, and I, last thing in the world I wanted to do was to tell anybody that. Thankfully, there was a group of women who understood that. So for a number of weeks, I tried very hard to keep a very low profile, and I listened, and I listened, and I listened. And so during that time, I, I was blessed with a lot of wisdom, a lot of people being vulnerable, and I felt comfortable to share why I was so sad. We, um, we began to sense again that God was moving in our hearts and healing us, and it was a combined effort so it wasn't just our little group on Thursday morning which was very special incredibly special but the fact that we were having the lessons from the pulpit and whatnot and then later on as the um, the outlines would come for the lesson it was wonderful but going into the session um, I couldn't even I, I really just couldn't receive anything it was like there was just a mental block. But the Lord just quietly and, and uh, beautifully drew me back. I think it's been marvelous. And uh, especially for our age group that kind of gets settled, you know, in whatever way we get settled. <laughs> but um, it shakes you up and gets you going again. Um, we, I was ministered to by people that I taught in Sunday school. I mean, the whole... The whole thing is so absolutely marvelous how the Lord puts things together. And so um, it's, I have just seen uh, a freshness an awakening, um, an interest in each other, really willing to put yourself on the line, um, establishing old friendships, and definitely entering into a whole new, new set of circumstances with people uh, very lovingly. I just see it as absolutely positive.
4: Please join me in prayer. Father, we thank you so, so much for the gift of one another. We thank you that the church is not a building, but it is a group of people surrounded with the love of God and filled with the love of God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who empowers us and helps us to understand the gospel and then to believe the gospel, and so giving us hearts to respond to the gospel in service. What we now give you, Father, we give uh, to you generously out of the abundance of our hearts with deep gratitude for what your Son has done for us. And we ask that you would take this money, that you would use it according to your needs, according to your will, that your kingdom will come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what a glorious time that will be when all the saints have been gathered in through the renewal. We will love you without restraint, without sin, without the fear of death, without having to hide from each other anymore. We will shout with joy. We will shout with joy to the King of kings and Lord of lords. For it is in his name that we confidently pray. Amen. Amen.
6: You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemy till all my fears are gone.
0: Thank you. Wow. You know, when you, when you think about what you're going to say, it never comes off the way you put it on a piece of paper. And I'm sure that's true for many of the speakers who are up here. I appreciate the labor that it takes to communicate. And I know that when you communicate, it, it often comes out so much more beautiful than you intend because you're talking about what God is doing. And I think over the last nine months, the incredible work of the Spirit in our church has been both encouraging, and if you don't uh, feel that, it's, It's maybe because you don't have all of the facts, but as your pastor, I get a lot of those and so I'm very encouraged by you. But it is also to see how you have encouraged me has been overwhelming. You know, this last song that uh, uh, John sang for us, not being a, a child or a slave to fear anymore. You know, you don't You don't realize you're a slave often until you see freedom because you just don't know anything different. You know, nine months ago, ten months ago, as we began this process to renew, I thought, man, this will be great for our church. You guys need this. (laughs) Now, I've been here 11 years, been waiting for this. So I thought, Certainly God will use this uh, for our church. And he has. But who would have thought, at least not me, that the person that would be the subject of the renewal would be the pastor of the church. You see, about 11 months, I shared with you a secret that I had kept for a long long time. You know, I'm an incredibly insecure person, I know that it's hard for you to get that when I'm constantly telling you about the gospel. You get the impression that this guy really understands this. And because he has so much passion, you get the impression that uh, he's confident. There's very little that I'm confident in other than I'm not confident. Preaching can lead to a false impression. Not because it's an intent, just because it's a mask. You know, my favorite illustration is of the duck on the pond. The legs are always moving underneath. As I told you that uh, about 11 months ago, that when I was about 12 years old, my mom uh, remarried. And when she did, she brought an incredibly violent man into our home. And because of that, life was not safe for anybody in my home, including myself. I remember, I remember one time, he, he kind of knew I was behind the car. I hoped it was an accident. You know he I'll move on <laughs> when I was 16 I had so much that I wanted freedom from and one of them was at home so when I was 16 I found a friend who uh, said you know why don't you just come live with us he kind of had known a little bit about what was going on in my home and so his family just a beautiful family he was adopted and so it was natural for them to just take one more and so at 16 I escaped from a really horrible situation but as a result um, I learned all kinds of strategies to survive and to navigate life particularly relationships relationships for me are in a lot of ways very difficult they're difficult because I'm always feeling unsure in the relationship you think, poor Kathy. You can feel for her all you want. But those, those particular strategies to cover and to cope is what Renew brought out. You know, one of the things I loved about Renew is it just never left you alone. It never left you to yourself because of the group. I joke often about my name. My name is... Um, Edward Bruce O'Neill, and I'm the third one with that name. And my parents, in their infinite wisdom, without looking the name up, thought I would be a great Bruce. And Bruce can be a wonderful name. If you look it up, it literally means uh, someone who lives in the thicket or into the deep, dense wood. I mean, you can imagine. It's a Scottish name. You can imagine that somebody has cleared some, some area of the woods and built a castle, and that's how he ended up with Robert the Bruce. But I always played with it and, and made fun of it, uh, mainly because ne- neither my grandfather nor my father were ever called Bruce. My grandfather was called Buck because he wore buckskins, and my father was called Sonny because that's what Southerners do for instead of calling somebody junior. But anyway, I I joked about that name. And contemporary, I kind of called it the one who hides in the bushes because it really prophetically described my life as one who hides. Sometimes that's um, literally, as a kid, I can remember hiding. And figuratively, uh, through being smart, uh, a lot of it is incredibly... Uh, learned process of study Um, to be the smartest person in the room. uh, That gives a lot of security for me uh, to be able to answer people's questions. And then also to uh, being right. I, I love being right because being wrong cost me so much growing up. God has used Renew to show me just how insecure, how Much, even though that I had been freed since 1980, 81. When I first became a Christian, I still lived as a slave for more than 30 years. So focusing on identity in Christ allowed me to begin to see the Spirit dismantle, expose and dismantle those strategies. One of my favorite characters has become Jacob in in Genesis 32. That's the story where where uh, Jacob had uh, come back to uh, Israel and he's trying to, to uh, reestablish a relationship with his brother whom he had stole his birthright from. And uh, the last thing he had heard from Esau is that, when I find you, I'm going to kill you. And it had been about 20 years. And it's at that river there at Jabbok that uh, the Lord t- decides to wrestle with Jacob and have him deal with some things. Jacob had a problem with his name, too. And in the Old Testament, they often gave you a name that they thought would be kind of good, and you would uh, somehow become that person. Now, Jacob's name means supplanter, and if you kind of know, he supplanted the birthright of his brother. And and that name always became a defining uh, moment for his life. Well, in that wrestling match, he asked the Lord as the sun is about to come up, he said, he said, Lord, bless me. And, and the way he blessed him was wonderful. He changed his name from Jacob, which is a planter to Israel, which means one who wrestles with God or one who struggles with God. And you think that's an incredible negative name, but it really isn't. That God would love you enough to wrestle you? That's grace. That God loves you so much that he doesn't leave you as you are, though he loves you as you are. He never leaves you there. his healing left him an incredible permanent limp that would never go away in his life. You can imagine every time he limped and we naturally would ask in our world, well, how did you get that limp? And he'd have to tell that whole story of grace and sin. Isn't it great how every Jew since that moment has called themselves a child of Israel, child of that man's name, My wrestling really began last year, not recently. But the Holy Spirit has been slowly, through Renew, beginning to deal with those kinds of things, doing both encourage but also show a new way of living. You have been incredibly encouraging and loving through that process, but I can't give you all the thanks. Obviously, that's the work of the Spirit. This has been incredibly difficult. I keep using the word incredible because I don't have another adjective that fits. But it has also been incredibly difficult. Renew has provided an opportunity for transformation for all of us. And, And I think that is the beauty of Renew. Not that we created something, but God used something. And so we owe a deep gratitude to the leaders, Particularly, there's a discipleship committee that has been planning this for way more than a year. That this would happen, that there would be renewed groups and that it would be tied to the messages so we would be all going through it at the same time. We owe them a deep gratitude. But please understand, what has happened in our church is far beyond their imagination because God was at work. And so we have to give God all the credit And our thanks. And really, that's why we thought it would be great to be together this morning to celebrate that God has done this in all of us. And that we don't want renew to end, not because we want to find another curriculum out there, but just simply want Him to continue to renew us until Christ returns. And literally, that is His promise uh, to us as His people that though He loves us exactly where we are. He never leaves us as we are. So I pray that Renew will never end for us and that this is only the beginning. And hopefully as we continue to hear how God is transforming our people in our church, we will continue to celebrate it like this because, quite frankly, this is what the church is about. It's not about singing your favorite songs or coming at your favorite hour. It literally is that the Lord would demonstrate His love toward us by taking that Gospel and applying it to our hearts. And so as a pastor who gets to hear these stories, I want to just tell you how much joy it creates to know that God is at work in us as the people of God at EP. And may God grant us more and more lives that are being transformed by this gospel so that we might see our city transformed and our nation and our world. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You are so, so gracious to me and loving and caring. And I can't lift up these people high enough so that you can see the same beauty I see, the same heart and joy. But you already saw that because you are their Lord, too. You are also their Savior. And you've brought us together here to celebrate. We want to celebrate you because you are the source of all that we have experienced this year and we pray to You, Father, that this doesn't end, but this is the beginning. That You might grant us your, your grace and Your mercy and Your Spirit to bring about more and more transformation. That what You have began, we are confident that You will bring it to completion. And may we partner together to that end in our lives and in the lives of those who don't know you yet. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Has raised us from the ashes of defeat and changed us forever, in order that we might declare His glory and victory. And so I pray that that's where we go from here. Also, want to communicate that you have got the best church staff in the world. But one of them is grieving this afternoon because uh, Sandy, which is Pastor Dan Smith's uh, wife, her father passed away while we were here. And so they've gone to be with him. And so if you, this afternoon, we will in a moment lift them up in prayer. But if you will continue to do that uh, for Sandy and uh, Dan's family. Let's pray. Father, we, we so much love. Dan and Sandy and their family, they have met so much to us, and you have richly blessed us with them. And so we lift them up as they grieve the loss of Sandy's dad and the patriarch of their family, the one who has led them for so many years. And I pray as he now has joined a choir that is as... Great as ours is, it pales into comparison into the choir that he's now joined in heaven, in your presence. And I pray, Heavenly Father, even knowing that doesn't stop us from grieving the loss. And so I pray that you, particularly through the work of your spirit and your people, draw close to them. Father, let them know how much you love them and how much we love them, especially today in Jesus' name. Amen. In a moment, we are going to depart from here into lunch. And so one of our other staff, Isaac Vineyard, it's hard to call him a a college minister because he does so many other things for us, is going to give you some instructions.
11: Here's the instructions. The food is going to be served in the fellowship hall. So that's where you'll go to get the food. Um, But the fellowship hall is not going to open for about 10 minutes. So in that 10 minutes, I want to encourage you to do as many of the following three things as you need to do. One, pick your children up from the nursery so they can eat with you and the nursery workers can also enjoy some time together. Um, Two, if you have food resting in your car that needs to be brought into the fellowship hall, go and get that. Um, And three, spend time fellowshipping with one another here um, in the sanctuary until the fellowship hall opens. Once you get your food, um, there are tables set up inside, um, outside the chapel, down in the cove, in the fellowship hall itself. You're also welcome to go outside with you and your family um, and spend time um, eating there. Um, So that is the instructions. And I turn it back over.
0: All right. So now for the benediction. This is God's good word to you. Now receive it. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's light shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord's face turn toward you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.